talking about the storms, the storms that show up in our lives. And I remember there was a time where um, after my wife had graduated, she wasn't my wife at the time, but she had graduated from college and she was moving from Ann Arbor to Detroit, uh, back to Detroit. And uh, we were on our last trip to load up her car uh, with some boxes and um, we were headed back up to Ann Arbor and up 14 and getting ready to make that transition on to 23 South. And as we are making that transition, uh, rain started to get a little bit harder. Uh, it was drizzling, but the rain started to get a little bit harder. And as we made that turn and fully hit onto 23 South, um, the car started to spin. The car started spinning, basically just kind of out of control. And uh, I remember her voice calling out to Jesus. You know, it's one of those bracing Jesus kind of moments. Um, but what was interesting is that our oldest, Christopher, was in the car, but he was just a little guy at the time. And I remember looking back at him, and he just had the biggest smile on his face. He's, he's just feeling like it's a game, like something is fun that's happening. And very contrast, but we're spinning out of control, and, and we know what's going to come next. He doesn't know. He's just trusting that we're doing what we always do. And we slam into a pole in the middle of the median, and... All kinds of things happen after that, but we're pretty much, we're, we're good. We weren't uh, injured beyond some deep bruises and, and being banged up. Uh, we were able to walk away from it. He was able to walk away from it. Praise God. Amen. Um, but what's interesting is that storms come from nowhere sometimes. They show up in your life. And oftentimes you don't know what all the things will come with those storms. You might be spinning out of control uh, and you might be like my wife, who in the midst of the storm and spinning out of control, you call out on the name of Jesus. Or you might be uh, one of those people who in the storm is, everything is spinning out of control. You're saying, we. But I think we need to be recognizing that as the storms come, which they will come, um, I want to say that. Because there are some who believe that as a Christian and as a believer, that everything is going to be perfect. Everything is going to be, you know, the best day of your life now that you've given your life to Christ. Um, but troubles come. Troubles come, storms arise. And I hope that in those days you understand that dealing with the anxieties that come, that Jesus is the answer. So I want to look at Mark chapter 4, um, we're going to look at verse number 35 and read through 40, uh, 41, and then we'll break it down from there. And it says in verse number 35, on that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him. The disciples started out uh, with Jesus in relative calm, but in short order, they found themselves terrified by this storm. 
We can start off kind of like Dorothy and the Tin Man and, and, and the Scarecrow and the Wizard of Oz going down this yellow brick road, dancing and singing. And as we get a little bit further in there, it starts to get a little bit darker. And the forest comes. It starts to get a little creepy. And before you know it, you're full on talking about the lions and the tigers and the bears. The anxieties creep in into life. The worries about what could be there. This happens to all of us. When the dark clouds roll in and the winds of life pick up, does it change what Jesus has said about you? Do you know what Jesus has said about you? Have you written it down, affirmed it in your heart that this is who I am and this is uh, the direction that I'm going in? Time and time again, Jesus shows us how to respond to our anxiety-ridden circumstances. Time and time again, he shows us that there is a helper to be able to get us through these tough moments. Jesus doesn't ride the roller coaster of emotion that swings us from up and down and left and right whenever our triggers get triggered. He reacts with a steadiness and a resolve. Let's look at Mark 35, I mean Mark 4, 35. And he says, on that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling, but he was in the stern asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said, teacher, do you not care that we, were per we are perishing? And one of the things that Jesus models for us here in this moment, that as the, as the storm is coming, as the waves are breaking even into the boat and the water's coming and everyone is, is, is going crazy because they think they're going to perish, Jesus is calm. Jesus is at peace. Now I want you to think about how we come to a moment like this, is that this has been quite possibly a, a, a tremendously hectic day. A very long day. Mark gives us a recount of all the things that were happening, and we've been studying through it. Jesus is accused. His character is attacked by the Sanhedrin, by the other uh, uh, religious leaders of that day, and they're calling him Beelzebub. They're calling him a demon. They're saying that he's working on behalf of Satan, and Jesus is defending himself against these leaders. He's being attacked. But not only is he being attacked by these religious leaders, he also comes into this situation where his mother and his brothers, they're coming to try to pull him out of this moment, and, and they say that he's crazy, he's beside himself, and he has to push back at them and say, no, you're not acting like my mother or my brother, because my mother and my brother would be doing the will of the Father. And so he's having some turmoil with the leaders, He's having some conflict within his family. He's got all kinds of, of, of issues going on, not to mention, remember, he's just been in a crowd full of thousands of people who were clamoring for him, asking for him, and he's doing miracles. He's doing all of these things. And so now we see him, and he's gotten into this boat, and he's like, you know what? Uh, we're going to head on to the other side. It says, just as he, just as he was. He didn't go back for a shower. He didn't go back for his toiletries. He didn't go back for any of those things. Just as he was, he said, let's just go. Let's just go. And he gets in, he's there in the boat, and he falls asleep. 
At this point, it's dark, it's nighttime, but then the storm comes. The storm comes, and it's considered to be on this Sea of Galilee. It, it, it happens. These storms come. The cool air from the, the, the tops of the mountain come down, and they meet with the warm air above the water, and, and the storms start to, 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 to flip around. The winds start to flip around all of the waves, and the boats are crashing back and forth. This storm came, and these fishermen, they were afraid. I'm sure that while the wind was screaming and the waves were smashing, Jesus is in the stern, and he's, he's asleep, and it's okay to just write and mark that Jesus is asleep, but why'd you have to throw in the extra insult that he was on a cushion? <laughs> Jesus was comfortable. Jesus was, I mean, that's real sleep. You know, you're not just, you know, putting your head up against the wall, but he's in a good sleep. There's a serenity about his sleep. I think that's what Mark is trying to get across, is that Jesus is not lightly sleeping. He's not just, just letting his eyes rest. He's, he's asleep. Storm is going on, and Jesus is asleep. So how does this happen? How do we get to that place of, of, of being at rest like that? Well, one is he's completely exhausted. I would assume if he is of the same flesh that you and I are made of, that after a day like that, you would be completely exhausted and ready to fall asleep at the drop of a hat. Some of you, you get off of work and you know you shouldn't be driving, but you're driving home and it's because work was exhausting today. See, this is the exhaustion, the physical body that he's in. He's 100% man, yet 100% God, and that 100% man is probably exhausted. And that's how he's able to fall asleep. His tank was on empty, but what about his spirit? Now, at the same time, when you're in a deep sleep and you're surrounded by danger, that says something. That says that your security is not coming from your surroundings, but that you're trusting you're trusting in something else. And Jesus' security was in the Father. That it didn't matter what was going on around him. He knew his calling and his purpose, and he knew that he was not going to be perishing that night. So it didn't matter that waves were crashing over. It didn't matter that water was filling. It didn't matter that the, waves were, the, the winds were howling. He knew he was going to the other side. He was trusting in the Father. Proverbs 3 says it like this, My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid, and when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Jesus' Jesus' mind was laser-focused on this biblical wisdom and discretion that allowed his mind, body, and soul to find rest in the midst of these terrible circumstances. Our sense of calm is directly related to our trust of the Father. Do you trust him? Do you trust him? Sometimes children, as they are growing up, you get a chance to take them to the beach or you take them to the pool or things like that, and as they're getting acclimated or understanding of what water is, they might put their feet in the water and then they might go a little bit further they might get to the, to the edge where their knees are fully in the water, and the whole time they're just questioning whether they can go a little bit further. But what's giving 
them the, the presence or the, desire or the consistency, the thought to, to go further is they're looking back and they're recognizing that you're there as a parent. My kids are recognizing that their father is staring at them. He sees, I see them. And that if anything goes wrong, they know that I will step in. That I'm not worried, so they shouldn't be worried. And so they keep going a little bit further, a little bit further. Do you trust the Lord? That as you go deeper and as the waves start to crash, do you trust the Lord enough to continue on? Because he's there. He's there. Is your mind overwhelmed by what happens? What if? If I take another step, will the sand shift underneath me? If I take another step, will the wave go over my head? If I take another step, if I step out in faith and I share my, my, my faith in Christ with someone, my coworker, will they reject me? If I put myself out there and tell her how I feel about her, will she reject me? If, if I put my resume on their desk and show them that I'm actually qualified to do the job, what if I get it? What if I, I, I've been there before. All the things that come up, the anxieties that come to mind when you're trying to move forward. But I love that scripture has consistently given us the security of knowing that God the Father is there with us. It's consistently told us that if you meditate on these things, it will quell those anxieties that you have. The Father says this in Isaiah 41 and 10. It says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The Son says this in Matthew 28. Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He's not leaving you. I am with you always. Paul gives us these uh, encouragements in Romans chapter 8. He says, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He says also, to set your mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Set your mind on the things of the Lord, of the spirit and you will have peace. So how does Jesus respond to these moments where all of us in our flesh would be completely anxious? He responds with peace. He responds with calm because he knows the Father. But Jesus also speaks with authority. And as he comes into that moment in, fourth, in, in chapter 438, it says, and they woke him and said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. The disciples were frantic, and they went and they, they started to, to, to call out to Jesus, and, and even in those moments, I want you to, to, to look at it like this, there's often times where we're going through our worst moments, and we begin to be casual with God. How we talk to him, our expectations of him. Don't you care that we're perishing? Of course he cares. Of course he cares for you. What kind of a question is that? Who are you to come to me with that kind of a question? That's how I would have responded. That's how I would have responded. Because that's how I respond if somebody comes up to me and I feel I'm being disrespected. I feel like that's a very disrespectful tone and, 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 and question to ask God. 
but yet they did it. These storms come in our lives all the time. And they, you might be dealing with a sickness storm. You might be dealing with a financial storm. You might be dealing with a relational storm. You might be dealing with any number of those things or possibly even all of them all at the same time. How do you come to, come to God? I thank God that they, they chose to go the right way. They went to Jesus. They showed us that you still go to Jesus. Did they come the wrong way? I think so, but... They went to Jesus. And his response in that moment is beautiful. It's filled with grace. But I want to caution you that as you go through the storms, which will come, as you go through the troubles, which will come, don't diminish who God is in light of your giant storm. Don't take this big G God and make him a lesser God and elevate your storms over who he is and what power he has. But recognize that, God, you are bigger than. You are the creator. You are the creator, and you are God over everything. And Jesus shows that in the midst of this. He does something that these men had never seen before. They may have seen someone be able to heal somebody before. They may have seen someone uh, be able to pray over others. But they've not seen this. Someone speaking to the wind, speaking to the speaking to the waves. But Jesus doesn't walk away from his disciples because of their lack of faith. He sees their humanity and their fear. These are emotions that we all feel whenever we go into these storms. We get shaken. And Jesus recognizes that. God recognizes that you have emotion. God recognizes that you can be afraid in the midst of these things. He challenges them later in regards to their lack of faith, but he does so with such grace. Jesus is more gracious in these moments than we could ever imagine, more than we ever deserve for him to be. So he wakes up and he rebukes the creation. He rebukes the creation, peace be still. How do we deal with that? Psalm 107 It falls into this moment and says, some went down to the sea in ships. I want you to think about this. It is written over a thousand years before this moment that we read in Mark. Some went down to the sea in ships doing business on great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven. They went down to the depths, these waves. And their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and uh, were at their wits' end. Verse 28, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Jesus is still fulfilling Scripture. Jesus is still walking in his calling. He's still doing what he was set to do. And you and I can take heart in that. But don't miss what this means. 
When Jesus says, peace be still over these waves, Jesus is speaking over all of creation. He is showing that he is Lord, that he is God over all of creation. Now understand that you and I, we are in creation. And so he is Lord of us. He is Lord over us. Not just the wind and the waves. But you might also be thinking this question. Why did he send the storm anyways? Why did the storm have to happen anyways? Well, I would venture to say that the storm had to happen because when they left the sea, when they left the shore on one side, they knew Jesus in one particular way. They knew him as a great teacher. They knew him as a healer. They knew him as as a leader, as a rabbi, as someone that they could follow. But in this moment, they had a completely different understanding. After you go through a storm, after you go through something that's turbulent and you throw up your hands and you say, I got nothing. You actually see who God is in your life. When all the things that you've believed, all the things that you've read, when all those things are questioned and shaken within yourself, you come out on the other side saying, there's something to this God. He has shown up in so many different ways. There are some who in the process of of going through storms and going through tough situations, they begin to question their faith. They begin to question everything that they've ever been taught. But in doing so and being with Jesus in the process of those things, you will recognize that he is more than just a man. He is more than just a wise teacher. He is God. Jesus has the words of authority. So how does Jesus respond to our anxieties and our situations when the storms come? He remains calm. He is at peace. We need to model that. We need to follow after that. And he speaks with authority. We need to walk and rest knowing that Jesus, what he says, it will come to pass. But he challenges us to live in a fearless faith. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? That's what he says to them. Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now this is the interesting part, is they started this process in fear of the wind, in fear of the waves, and Jesus steps up and he calms the wind and the waves, and now they are in fear of the Lord. Because, okay, if I'm with him and he just calmed these things down, then maybe I should be careful about how I talk to him next time. Maybe I should be careful about how I honor him. There is a very different fear. This is not a fear of I'm running away from the Lord because I'm terrified by him. It's a fear of reverence. It's a fear of respect that I've seen what you can do. I've seen how you love. I've seen how you move. And I want to stay in good graces with you. Because I don't want to be your enemy. I've seen what you do to your enemies. We talked about that a couple of of months ago when we talked about the, the return of Christ. That as he returns, Revelation gives this really, really stern answer to what happens to those who stand against him. It says that they amassed their armies and that they were ready to fight and then they were no more. There is no fighting him. He is all powerful. There is no pushing back. His will be done. 
The story doesn't just end with a great calm. This story ends with a phenomenal question, a question that we should all be answering. They start this odyssey with Jesus' statement of let's go to the other side. And through this epic life lesson, they learn that Jesus was no ordinary man. He isn't just a great teacher, as some would say. But they learned that he is more than they could have asked. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. In the midst of the storm, he is God with us. He's not leaving us. He's not forsaking us. Have you seen his hand on your life? Do you trust him? Have you seen his grace in your life? Do you doubt him? Have you witnessed his love? And if so, is there anything to fear? His mercy and his grace, his power, his strength, his salvation. What is there to fear if you have seen all of these things? If you have seen him pour himself out in all of these things, then here's my question to you. Is he in the boat with you? Is he in the storm with you? If he is in the storm with you, then you have no reason to fear. But there are some of you who have come in here and he is not in the boat with you. You are going through the storms of life. You are being challenged on every side. And Jesus is not with you because you have not invited him to be your Lord and Savior. And so my prayer today is that you do invite him to be the Lord, your Lord and Savior of your life because the only way out of the storm is with Jesus. The only way you will make it through is with Jesus. And what if you have Jesus in the midst of it? In the midst of the storm, maybe you have said yes to Jesus, but you're still going through the storm. Well, how do you get through it? Trust him. Rest in him. These men were worried. These men were fearful. And Jesus was asleep on a cushion. Rest with him. When he rests, you rest. Because he said we're going to go through to the other side. And there's no doubt you will make it to where he tells you you should go. So it's my encouragement to you. Let's get in the boat. Get him in the boat. Go through whatever storm you have to go through. But do it with him. Do it with him.